Good afternoon. You are listening to the Recovery Hour Talk Radio Show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the Cat 10 ENT Network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. This is Bill and Tanisha, and do we really have a treat for y'all today? And I know I say it all the time, but I ain't lied yet. So anyway, with that being said, today, Tanisha, say hi to all the people out there in Radio Land. Hello, everyone out in Radio Land, out in social media world, across the world. Anyone who's tuning into the airwaves today, I'm just grateful to be back another week to be able to share a message with you all today. So with that being said, today we have a real treat because we're going to talk to you guys. We got some powerful partners with us today, and and we're going to talk about several different things that have been responses from our listeners that they really wanted to hear about. So a couple of the things that people have reached out to us about is what do we do to address our social What do we do to inform people about recovery? What do we do to talk to people about re-entry? Re-entry from different systems or re-entry from some other planet that we used to exist on, that planet called active addiction, that planet called trauma, that planet called law enforcement intervention that's gone bad, all of those different things. And, And they want to know kind of what do we do now and how did we get from where we were to where we are now. Another big task that we've been tasked with is people want to hear about women in recovery and women making those transitions because we have a lot of women. I, I think there are like five times as many women in the world as men, but obviously, or we're just I don't know, minimized or marginalized. But anyway, that's another story. Anyway, I, I say that to say this. So what we did was we brought some powerful women in recovery that will be transparent and kind of talk to us about what it's like, what it was like, what it's like now, and what we envision it to be like, and some of the things that we do or have done that address stigma that address recovery, that kind of inform our community because it's come to our understanding that everybody doesn't know what you know. And there are a lot of people out there that would really like to know how this miracle happened for us being people in long-term recovery and, and how, that, how that translates across into healthier families, healthier communities, creating community change. How do you change the world around us? Because I know when we come in, they say you need to change people, places, and things. And and initially, maybe that means relocating or repositioning yourself with the people around you. But as we evolve, it, it kind of starts to mean that we can change the world. If I change me, then everything around me inevitably changes because I change the way I look at things. The things I look at change. The people around me, as I get healthier, they become healthier because I have healthier boundaries and those boundaries are not negotiable. They're real. They are spiritual. They are mental. They are physical. They are emotional. They are healthier. They're based on wellness. They're based on destiny and a lot of other positive things. Anyway, but before I get off to the cosmos, I would be remiss if I first did the shout out to our sponsors the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative that has been adopted here in Rockdale County, the purpose of which is to reduce the number of people in jails that are like us on the inside or the outside. Also, I'd like to shout out to the tip of the spear, Commissioner Doreen Williams, who without her vision and her commitment and her leadership, we probably wouldn't be doing all of these things we're doing like this, with this, for this. And with that being said, first and foremost, we got Christian with us today. Chris, I want to ask you a question. Can you introduce yourself to the people out there in Radio Land, and can you tell them why you are doing this with us today? 
Sure, Bill. Um, hi, my name's Christian. I'm a recovering addict. I have almost a year clean and sober. I am interested in the process of watching people grow and and learning from other people and experiencing this process has been a joyful one for me. So I like to engage in activities that are revol revolved around recovery and to experience what other people have to say and, and, and learn more. You know, I don't think you can ever know enough. And so I'm interested in the process and that's, that's why I'm here. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. And also, we have the world-renowned Amber Jenkins with us today. Amber, why are you doing this with us today? I'm here today because I want I want to help. I've had several people ask me lately, like, what's your purpose? My purpose is to serve. And in whatever way that is, right now it's my voice, I think. And so I'm, I'm here wow. to, to answer questions, to talk, and to get from you guys as well. Wow, thank you for sharing that. And Tanisha, well, you got multiple layers and reasons for being here. I mean, you're a mover and a shaker, and they're all different kind of shakers. You're not a salt shaker, you're a pepper shaker. So what, 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 why are you sharing this with us today, and why do you do this? Like you said, I have several reasons why I participate in the radio shows. One for messaging, because I think it's very important to be able to spread the message of recovery, spread the simple fact that there's hope out there. Two, I found purpose, just like Amber said, I found purpose in my life today through my recovery. So that just, it keeps helping me every day to be grateful for life, to be grateful for where I am. And then it's also a form of accountability, you know, just to know that I'm being used in a positive way today, and I don't want that to change. I don't want, you know, I like the fact that my children can look at me and see me doing something positive, that my, you know, my mom can brag on me today instead of make phone, you know, have, I can overhear her saying negative things on the phone about me today, you know? So um, several, several different reasons why I'm here. Wow, thank you for sharing that. So let, let's go back, let's go back in time and, and I want to kind of go way, way back in time. For some of us, it's farther back, but time is a continuum, so that way there are different plateaus on that continuum. When you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up, Chris? Oh, goodness. I wanted to be a doctor. That was my dream, was to grow up and become a doctor. Something okay. in the medical field. I've always wanted to help people, okay. similar to what Amber was saying. And if it wasn't that, I grew up in a faith-based home, a spiritual home, and, you know, there's no excuse for how I grew up. <laughs> there's just no excuse. <laughs> and, but growing up in a faith-based home, it was that or missions. And so one of my dreams is to be a missionary and get in the missions field. I couldn't do that high. Wow. So, but I do believe, though, Bill, reaching out, you can be of service to people even when you least think you are of service even when I was you know using people I learned from people all the time and so but that's what I wanted to be was some something where I could help people wow that's good stuff what about you Amber when you were a little girl what did you want to be when you grew up well first off can I just say that I love that these two ladies are here because they say everything so perfectly like I, I hear it in my brain, but it don't come out my mouth that way. But these two say it the way that, the way that I intend for it to come out. So I wanted to be, what didn't I want to be? You know, I wanted to be a neonatologist. I wanted to be a marine biologist. I wanted to be an Air Force pilot. Like <laughs> you pulled a couple of those off. You were a cosmonaut and, and a biologist, right? Yeah. But I didn't have any limitations on what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the best at whatever I was. Yes. And unfortunately, that's not how I, I turned out, but that's not where my story ends though. So. That's right. And, and because without being who we were, we couldn't be who we are. Right. And without being who we are, then a lot of people wouldn't see the validity into who we're gonna be exactly. and who they can be as well. So I take that with a grain of salt. 
So Tanisha, <laughs> for those of y'all out there that forgot, because it was probably in show number 22, <laughs> and now we're in number 90-something. Tanisha, when you was a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, first, I want to comment on what Amber said. I think there was so much power in what she just said. Like, when she was a little girl, she wanted to be the best in whatever, right? right? So that means that it's never too late for that. Yeah. Nobody can ever take that away from you. Unlike my goal, <laughs> my goal was to be the first female football player. At that time, I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be in the NFL. That's all I, I thought, you know, I was gonna grow up and my dad was so against it. He hated that I was outside playing football with the boys, you know, but that's what I wanted to be. My dream could have, you know, it was taken away from me. But you can always be the best version of yourself or the best at anything you want to be. And I guess that's where I'm at today, just wow. always working on that. You know, and, 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 and what, what's so interesting about that for me and, and the impacts, and you said something really interesting, Chris. You said, I didn't really have an excuse because I grew up in this great environment, this great faith-based home, and... and you know, today I realize, having been in this field of service for a number of years, that it doesn't matter where you start. What matters is where we finish. And, and yeah. because I started in some pretty dire circumstances, and, you know, it's amazing those things that were instilled in us before the foundations of everything, as well as those things were foundational from our parents and from our our best teachers, as well as the things that were misinformed by people who were misinformed. All of these things have the potential to impact us. All of these things are archived in, in our memory banks and, and can be brought to fruition. For me, when I was a little boy, I wanted to grow up to be James Cagney. I wanted to grow up to James Cagney. I wanted to be a gangster. And uh, I know, right? And, and what I didn't know was, because I was surrounded by people who had that type of persona, and what I didn't realize, and, and what a lot of people miss in, in, the, in the process, is we see the end result that we believe we want, but we have no knowledge of what the journey actually requires and what it's comprised of. Because I wanted to be a gangster, but I had no idea what you got to do to be a gangster, right? And 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 I tried it. <laughs> and just trust me, it sucks, right? Uh, because it's jails, institutions, near-death experiences, tragic events. You know what I mean? And, and I tried it. And, and just for anybody out there that can hear the sound of my voice and you want to be about that life or you want to be thug life or you want to be whatever you might really want to think that through or, or because, man, it is trash. <laughs> it's a rough road to hoe, man. It's, it's dangerous in the paint. But that's one of the reasons why I have such a commitment to this grace, to this loving God that distributed grace that had me by the nape of the neck while I was doing all of my stupidity, and he was holding on to me and saving me because I was destined to stand in this moment. I was destined to be me today, and guess what? I never saw that coming, you know what I mean? I was thinking about that the other day as I was standing in front of the building that, you know, that I was instrumental in the creation of, and thinking about, I was waiting to go in and facilitate a recovery meeting, and at no time during my life was that one of my goals. At no time during my life did I see me doing this positive thing that I'm doing today even close. And being here today is the greatest privilege I've ever had in my life. Sometimes the messenger is the message. And, and to whom much is given, much is required. It is our extreme pleasure to have such strong community partners such as Viewpoint Health to join us in our journey to recovering individuals as well as systems and procedures. Viewpoint Health offers an array of services and resources for individuals with mental health challenges, substance use challenges, as well as intellectual and developmental disabilities.
so I want to ask you ladies another question because I want to ask you, what was it that made you, because all of us are in long-term recovery, what was it that made you want to change? What was it that made you want to come across? What was it that made you surrender that other lifestyle that we all had? What was it that made you say, this has got to change? And I'm going to start with you, Amber. Well, it, it took me going to jail, but it didn't take but a day or two of having a clear frame of mind for it to hit me like, you do not belong here. You don't, this like, your purpose is so much bigger than sitting in this cell doing circles in a six by six waiting on store call, you know? And before, before I was in active addiction, I was, I was very snobby. I was very hypocritical. I was judgmental. And I think for me, addiction and then recovery brought me humility, mm -hmm. brought me appreciation. And then it showed me my purpose that I, I really am here to be of service, to help people, to give them hope, to show them that they can do it, to help wow. them, to, to let them know that, you know, you're not forgotten about, you're not lost. I'm here to help you. Wow. And, but really, really, they're going to be helping me, yeah. you know? And so I just knew that that was not my life. That wow. was not my purpose in life was to be in a cell. Wow. That's good stuff. And, and, you know, that's just amazing. When I do this show and we've done quite a number of them and, and I hear when I talk with people, I hear the similarities and I hear the differences. And for us all to end up in the same place, regardless of what we thought, regardless of what we did, regardless of all, a lot of things. Because for me, when I was in that cell, I thought that's where I belonged. I, I, I adapted to being the animal in the cage and I became a glorious animal in that cage, you know? And, and, understood perfectly how to function in captivity. How to pop sockets, how to make buck, how to just, just strap them. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, and I was very comfortable being a barbarian. Yeah, I was just, I was like, this is, I thought this was part of it, you know? And I was wrong. <laughs> anyway, so Tanisha, what was your catalyst for change? I think at the point where it was obvious to me that what I was doing had a very strong impact on my children and my family. So, and I don't know why I didn't think me being in jail on that, missing their birthdays, all of that stuff, I didn't think that was really impacting them until when I got arrested, they were in the car with me and I heard them scream and I knew like they wouldn't forget it, you know, like, then I felt like, okay, now I'm affecting them. My nephew was in the car. I'm affecting my brother's children. You know, how are they? You know, so now I'm like, okay, it's affect. It's not just what I'm doing is affecting my life. It's affecting my children and my family. And that was eye-opening for me. For like, okay, Tanisha, you got to stop. You know, you got to, you have to surrender back to God, you know, because I, I did live a life, very strong spiritual life before, and then, you know, got to a point where I was resentful towards mm -hmm. God. But I don't know why. It, you know, when, you, when you're drinking, when you're doing drugs, all those things, you don't think about the impact you're making on other people if they're not right there being impacted in it in that moment. Yeah. You know, but that's what it was for me, hearing them be affected. You know, just that was my turning point. Wow, that's something. And what about you, Chris? What was the catalyst for your surrender? <laughs> that's a good one. Um, insanity. <laughs> insanity. Just uh, never... I mean, I just think my sense of ration and logic was kaput. I couldn't make any real decisions. My emotions were all over the place. Um, everything I did was based out of anxiety or extreme pressure. And 
you know, and, and circumstantial. So it was a lot of impulsive decisions I was making. I mean, and, and the result was jail and going to jail, you know, had I been a better criminal, a smarter <laughs> criminal, I never would have got caught. You know, I'll beat myself up for that one all the time. You know, like, wow, how dumb can you be? I mean, I should be all world's dumbest criminals because, you know, at the end of the day, when I finally did get arrested, I was at, up to that point, covered all my P's and Q's and dot, you know, dot my I's and crossed my T's. Thought I was gangster. You know, I was like, shit, this is some real mob shit. You know what I mean? Like, I got this shit down pat. Making money, nobody's gonna catch me. I'm, I mean, I'm just. No way I can get caught. <laughs> I don't know, life is good, making money, you know. And, and then and the dumbest little decision cost me nearly 15 years in prison. Yeah. Just one stupid decision got me caught up. Yeah. And knowing better, knowing that was the dumbest thing in the world to do. But I got comfortable. Yeah. I lost my humility. I was prideful. I was arrogant. I was intoxicated, inebriated, and spiritually unfit. And so, of course, I wasn't making logical decisions. Of course, my sound reasoning was not sound. And and so, next thing I know, whoop, whoop. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, uh-oh, are you here for me? For me? <laughs> yeah, right. No. And so here we are. And but there had to, you know, and I've asked people this before that I don't know about you, but before any and every time, because I've been arrested so many times, I've been arrested, I have had a gut feeling something bad was about to go down. I knew it. And and it usually was because I knew something had to catch up with me my you know jiminy cricket my conscience was telling me christian something's got to give here you can't keep you know floating over the radar you're gonna get caught and it's exhausting floating over the radar all the time that's a lot of work yeah it is and and, and it's tiring and and it was wearing me down and it was causing a lot of strife in my life so therefore that one decision where i was like oh f it i'll just do this one time won't hurt. Next thing I know, I'm five deep with the city of Conyers, right. you know, and, uh, and was looking at three counts of burglary. Yeah. And, and the sad thing is, is that, you know, and I tried when the cops came, who is all this inventory belong to? Where did you get this? Oh, I bought it from Migos, Migos, <laughs> in the trailer park yeah. down the street. Yeah. I bought it from Migos. I don't know where he got it, you know? And so Migos, was my story for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever Migos is. Yeah. But anyhow, had it not had it not happened the way that it did, I would I would I may be dead. Right. Because I had lost all 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 my committal faculties were just not functioning correctly. I was making decisions based out of, you know, any it high or inebriated all the time and um, i felt like that was the only way i could function was to be high being sober meant that i had to deal with how i was feeling and held with that yes. i'm not going to do that <laughs> Absolutely. so yes yeah, so at the end of the day i would say my sanity or wow. insanity insanity was what got me to the point to where okay you know and and like i said i always knew I was just skating over the edge of the radar and like it was about to happen. And I think most people who get in and out of jail know that it's about to go, shit's about to go down. You feel that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then when you're riding around and your name is Christian, I mean, you, that's like the biggest <laughs> clue ever. <laughs> I mean, for real. Like, I mean, you know for I mean? real. You know? My name's Christian, but she ain't no saint. I know, right? <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that obviously is synonymous with who we are today is, is values, is purpose. And, and if we are active in our recovery, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, if we are diligent about our pursuit of a better us, then there are things like flashbulbs popping that are happening to let you know that the path is lit up and you're going the right way. You know, Saturday, I, I was, you know, and, and God laughs at me. He, he thinks that when I'm thinking, he looks at me and he just laughs hysterically. I know I can kind of hear him because when I say to myself, I'm not doing anything today, right? <laughs> and he probably goes like, you're funny because you used to say, I'm doing something today. I'm getting me some money. And I didn't ask him 
what he thought. So today, he doesn't need my permission to uh, give me an assignment. Saturday, I, I was very resolute that I wasn't going to do anything. I'm just going to relax. And, and I got a text from one of my coworkers early Saturday morning. We're going to go to the NAMI 5K walk or something. I, I didn't even respond to that. Right? I was like, I am chilling out. And it wasn't long after that text came across that I got a call from a police officer. And I answered the phone, hey, what's up? They say, hey, Mr. Bill, how are you doing? I said, what's going on? They say, we're over here on the north side. And you know me, I don't know the difference between north, south, east, or west because I live by Google Maps. And uh, they said, we're over here on the north side and we got a couple people out here and we need to get some advice. And I said, well, what's going on? And they said, well, they're homeless, they, they're on drugs, and they got a buggy full of stuff, and, and we, we really don't know what to do with them. So we was just kind of going to ask you, what do you think we should do right now? And I said, you know, to be honest with you, I really don't have enough information to kind of give you the answer. I think they already knew that. And, and they said, well, can we get you to support us with the process? Okay, give, where, where on the north side are you? And they said, well, we're over here by the Wendy's and blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, well, give me 15 minutes. I'll be there in 15 minutes. And I got myself together and I went to Wendy's. And when I got there, there were seven police and these two people and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, we sat down and we started having a dialogue. I'm having a dialogue with the people and all the police are standing over there on the other side. And Anyway, well, we got them connected with some things. Actually, it was Friday. And we got them connected with some things. And after the people left, they said to me, before you leave, can you take a minute to talk to us? I said, okay, sure. And there were about seven of them. And the sergeant said, two of these are, they call them baby police or they're new. Can you tell us what is something that you think we should know in doing this type of engagement? What do you think is probably one of the most important things that we should know? And, and what I said to them was regardless of what you know, regardless of what you were taught, regardless of what you think, coming into a situation and being non-biased and, and with the, with the true and genuine hope from your heart, I'm talking about heart hope, with the hope in your heart that this situation will serve the per person that you're, you're encountering and not just serve the system you're in or not just serve the, the thing, but coming to a situation with, with an open heart, believing in change, believing in whatever that good thing is that drives you, hopefully, Bringing that with you regardless, that's the most important thing to do, to get beyond our implicit biases and, and all of those things. And, and that conversation came to me very instinctively or obviously, I believe it was spiritually applied, but that purpose that we have today, the change in our values where we have lost interest in selfish things and we've gained interest in our fellows. The thing that happens for each and every one of us when we're having a conversation with someone who is who we were and having the belief that that person has a best even if they're not doing their best. That they don't even know what their best is because as we sit here today and we're honest with ourselves, could you see this coming? Could you, the feeling that you have on the inside could you, and maybe some people have. For me, this is totally unique and totally new. The proud partners of the National Alliance for Mental Illness, whose lives have been affected by mental challenges. Together, we advocate for better lives for those individuals who have a mental challenge. And we offer
ask you ladies a question. What is the most valuable thing you have in your life? Today. I'm going to start with you, Tanisha. What is the most valuable thing you have in your life today? The most valuable thing that I have today is definitely my relationship with my higher power. My spiritual relationship. I want to emphasize a spiritual relationship because I think, remember before I said I had, I had a relationship with the higher power, but it was more religion based. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until after recovery and me getting sober and not using drugs and all that, that I really wanted to grow a relationship, a spiritual relationship without the building, without, you know, I needed to feel that and, and have that relationship. And I think that's, I owe it all to that spiritual bond where I'm at today. And, and, you know, just to piggyback off what you said, because I think that is foundational. I remember people used to talk about Christ-like. And, and I didn't really understand what it meant because I was trapped in the religious conundrum mm -hmm. that obviously is unachievable, right? Amber, you said it earlier. Humility, the desire to understand and learn more about whatever it is, and not coming in as like, you know, that is humbling, understanding that there, there, there's more than one answer to this. And I need to hear all the answers before I make a determination, not the answer that I, the preconceived answer I had. That's something on the inside that you can't, I don't know, man. Hard to put it in words because it's a spiritual thing. You, you can't know if you're, if you're a spiritual being having a human experience or if you're a human being having a spiritual experience. It's something internal. So, Amber, for you, what is the most valuable thing in your life? When I was asked this earlier and I said my sobriety, everybody else in the room was their faith, their relationship with their higher power. And I was like, gosh, am I wrong? And then for me, I was like, mm -mm. for me, it's not because without my sobriety, I was running away from God. I was running away from, you know what I'm saying? My higher power. I, I came back to it yeah. once I was sober because yeah. in my addiction, yeah. I, I didn't want I'll it. Yeah. I didn't want it. I was going to be damned, condemned, you know, yeah. judged. So because of my sobriety, I have my next you know, most important thing, which is my relationship with my higher power. But for me, it's sobriety. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's good stuff. And what about you, Chris? What is the most valuable thing that you have in your life today? Uh, truly my my sanity. Without that, I, I don't think I could base... I, I was one of these people when I was high, I literally was schizophrenic. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a schizo. I literally was. I actually believed I was schizophrenic. Yeah. And, and I understood on a whole new level of what schizophrenia is like for people. Yes. Because I mean, you really believe your reality is your reality. And it's very real. And and so, I, you know, that was one of the things I prayed so hard for when I got clean in jail. That the, the thoughts that I was having and the overwhelming madness in my mind would stop. Yes. I think that's also a spiritual condition. Yes. And when you get so far away from God, you know, you can't see the truth. You can't see anything but evil. And, I, and it, it just was maddening and driving me crazy. And I was, I was given a blessing and relieved of that burden. And so that's why my sanity is such a blessing to me because never do I ever want that darkness in my life again. Wow, <laughs> yes, yes, that's good stuff. So with that being said, a lot of people have, some of our listeners, I'm looking at the questions here. So one of the questions they have is, what are you guys doing to make a difference? And I was kind of thinking about the year of the peer awards. I was thinking about when we did the ride for recovery with the motorcycle dudes. I was thinking about the... What happens when we do the meetings and we all come together and, and the power of the we? I was thinking about all the messaging and, and the videos and the, the, all of those things. 
I got an email from Mona earlier, and she said, Bill, we got this lady doing some kind of blah, 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 and she wanted to know if you could tell your story. And she said, I know it ain't about the money for you, so I just wanted to ask you. I know you're busy. So people understand that for us it's not about money, property, prestige, or personalities. Think about when I go into the jail and have an opportunity to go in there and partner with people in Orange. And, and you know, I go into the jail and we're, something interesting happened the other day because I was there and I told the officer, I said, so are you going to escort me back? And he said, why do I have to keep walking you back? You know the way out. He said, I'm going to let you out. And you just walk down the hall and wave your hand, they'll let you out. And I thought about how surreal that is because I didn't see that coming. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I saw them walking me in and never let me out. But I didn't see them walking me out and let me out, you know? I want to ask you guys, you were at the, y'all were at the year of the peer thing? Oh yeah, Amber was there. Amber's always talking about, man, I don't speak so well. Man, she had gangsters crying. There was this one. Man, I, I mean, for real. What was that experience like for you, Amber? Those, those events that we have and you being there and you know i remember your family man i was talking to them they were like lit mr bill man we we know you man we be hearing you in the house you know what i mean well what is all this like for you it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing i play your video all the time you hate it i love it (laughs) she said but i'm not smiling yeah it's amazing it is something that i for a long time my sister rooting me on my niece her bringing my nieces to to see you know there 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 were years yes. that i didn't even see them yes and so now at these functions and i mention a function too where she's like well can we come well can we come That's right. you know and i'm like well, i don't know if there's room but you know years without seeing them and today they call me every morning on their way to school. Yes. You know, they, every time something momentous happens in their, it don't even have to be. If they just are, you know, they had something good for lunch that day. They call me, you know, and I wouldn't have that. Yes. If, if I weren't in recovery. And I thank you guys for being where you are because you guys are a tremendous support for me. You guys are an inspiration. And like, I want to be like Tanisha when I grow up. And you know you what's know? crazy Already about that? Like <laughs> we, you're like the inspiration for us. We're like, yeah. Yeah. We're like Amber's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Chrissy's here. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, I love that Amber, when she, we were at that event, that her sister, when Amber got up, her sister said, that's my, my sister. sister. <laughs> yep. That's right. Like, that is so cool. Like, yeah. I really admired that. I'm that's touched. Right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So for you, Chris, I know that we do the support meetings. I know that we have those pro-social events. What is that like for you? The meetings, the, 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 we, what is being part of the, we, what is that like for you? Oh, it's like a, it's, it's comforting. It's a security blanket for me. Absolutely. It's where I, it's where I'm fed. It's it's where I, I gain knowledge and and I feel acceptance and I'm, I feel that I'm understood and I don't have to be anything other than this addict in recovery. Right, right, right. And, and you know, one of the things I like about the we is even in, in our vulnerability in, in, in our, our, because we're all like new, you know, we're like these, these new creations, right? but there is something innately strong inside us. You know what I mean? And, and this is no thing for the fainted heart. This is not the fainted heart group. You know what I mean? These, these jokers are about it. These jokers, you know what I'm saying? Some, sometimes I sit in the room and I look at all of us and I say to myself, man, we're all sober. Yeah. <laughs> the world's a better place because we're sober. Yeah, if you let us all loose in, when we were like, that would have just been, just, yeah. You know, I, I uh, the strength, the strength of the growth is, is incredible for me. And we're all so different, but 
there's that innate, don't get it twisted in there. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, when you touch them, sparks shoot out. You're like, yeah, wow. So you used to be a negative, huh? Yeah. You know, so Tanisha, what about you? What is this whole thing like for you? And I, I know that you were once in the in the program and have evolved now and you're the thing, you know, like, what is that all like for you as you watch it? So... While you were talking, is two things that really, really stood out to me. One, you were asking about our purpose, right? And so there's this song that I listen to all the time, and it talks about how the enemy, you know, did something. We went through some things. It was meant to kill us, but it can work for our good, pretty yeah. much, you know? And I am in so much awe and amazement of the things that I went through, the life that I lived, and that my God could still use it for good. Yeah. So just finding purpose in that, the fact that I, I went through, I walked through, I, like I used to always say, I went through the fire. I don't smell like smoke anymore. You know, people can't look at me and and tell what I've been for through. Real. You know, so that to me is just amazing and to be able to keep connecting with my peers because i know exactly where they've been because i've been there and i haven't forgotten you know that's the other thing is just knowing that i haven't forgotten and then so the part about like the events and all of that when we are at those events and even after you know, a lot of times, sometimes, you know, people run up to us, oh, y'all did such a good job, da, da, da. But just being able to just sit back and see it all happen and me looking at it like, God did this. Yeah. God, God is, you know, like, yeah. none of this would be possible. Like, we, yeah. can't, we can't even take the credit. Yes. Because this is, these are miracles, multiple miracles, miracles yeah. in, in a room, you know? Yes. So it's like just seeing all of that. Like uh, Christian said, like, that's one thing that was imprinted in my brain, hearing your sister. That's yeah. my sister, you know? Yeah. Like, those things to me is like, God did this. And for me to get clarity in that moment that, because I, I used to think, like, what am I learning? What am I learning how to edit videos before? Little do y'all know, before being here, I did not know how to edit a radio show, did not know how to edit a video. And learned it along the way you know so and I used to question that God why am I why are you having me do this why why am I doing it he'll tell you I always question stuff you know what I'm saying but to look back and see that God is using it yes he's using all of that he's using all of us so I, I mean just to just to be a part of his plan and his will today is like that's yes. what I take monumental we would like to thank our leader Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockville County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockville County Recovery Community. We know that it takes all parts of the community to carry out this vision and to get So, you know, and, and one of the things that I think for me, the biggest thing, one of the biggest things is to watch what God can do when he gives you a thought and tells you, bring this to fruition. Like, and I'm, I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to do the rest. I just want you to leave walking that way. And, and you, you start to envision it and just how all that comes together. And then you end up and we're there and everybody's eating and screaming and all that. And, you know, it's a thing. When I sit here in this building and, and grit and grace is a thing. And, and I remember years ago sitting there telling them we're going to have this thing. And I remember people saying, yeah, 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 yeah. And it took a long time. It's not microwavable. Mm -hmm. Recovery is not microwavable. And, and God's plan is not microwavable. And, and you got to walk it out. And, you know, we was talking about this earlier, one day at a time. But when you end up adding them up, it's been a minute, right? And and I think about the jokers that was in there for 40 years walking in the desert, you know, and, and losing faith and, and fainting and giving up and turning back and turning into pillars of salt. 
And I realized today how all of that informs me in real time how to not faint and not give up. And, and when to whom much is given, much is required because you've given me this, this, this thought. And, and it's really a living, breathing thing. You know, it's a God thing. And when he gives it to you and says, here, I want you to, you to handle that. You're like, well, <laughs> what is it? It's a thought. You know what I'm saying? It's a thing. You work it out. You work it out. I'm busy. I got stuff to do. You take care of that. And you're like, hey, Tanisha, what is it? Uh, it's grit and grace. It's like, what is that? Okay, so, well, it sounds good. Grit and grace. You know, people say, do y'all have pancakes? You know, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's something in today to see it. And when I see the car pull up in the parking lot, and I see the lions, tigers, and bears come in here. And, and that thing that nobody else could see. And now they can see it. And they're in it. They're walking in it. And it's growing. And, and I can see it in multiple locations, doing multiple things. The bands ain't here yet. The Things ain't here yet. You ain't working here yet. You ain't working here yet. Oh, you, you know, and, and what we all have to do to get to being our best selves. It's all part of it. it it's realistic. It's obtainable. I look at the stepping up initiative. I look at the fact that the other day I'm sitting there and the police called me on the phone. When I was the person people called the police on. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? If the police would have called me on the phone, I would have threw my phone up on the roof, dude. You know, I would have took it apart. I mean, we got to dismantle this thing. You know what I'm saying? The FBI is tapping my telephone, right? Uh, you know, to have a purpose today that's bigger than me is really a big deal. To do this radio show with you guys is really a big deal. Because for us, it has become kind of natural, normal, we, this, this week's show. Mm -hmm. But it's not normal. Normal people don't do radio shows. Or, you know, and, and when you figure out that we're in number 90-something, right? And if you figure we do one every week, and when you're figuring 90, that means it's like two years. Every week. So how much is given, much is required. When people think about meetings, man, I don't feel like going to a meeting today. And when you look at our meeting numbers, we got two meetings every day for three years. And most of those days, I did one of them. In the beginning, we used to do both. And, and I was the person that walked in my first meeting and said, this stuff don't work for me, man. I'm not, I ain't into this meeting shit. You know what I mean? And Looking where we're at today, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and that's the power of our God. That's what this thing is all about. For all our listeners out there in radio land to wonder what the stepping up initiative or what grit and grace or what this is all about, about showing people how great is our God. And look what he's done this time in each and every one of our lives given us an opportunity to uh, have our kids back, to be heard, respected, and connected, to grow feelings. I didn't even know feelings grow, right? <laughs> you know, to experience life on God's terms, not just life on life's terms. To raise the bar in, in, in ourselves, even when you think everything is okay, okay is not good enough. It's like, what is the next level to become introspective, to turn yourself inside out and see the inside of you and to realize, wow, that wire looks like it is a bit frayed. Anyway, with that being said, I want to ask you guys one more question before we leave. Amber, what message do you have for all the people out there in Radio Land? Don't give up. Don't give up. There is hope. You're here for a purpose. Tanisha, Christian, what message do you have for all the people out there in radio land that are going to hear the sound of your voice today 
I would say that take it one day at a time. That don't give up before the prize. Through every trial, you get stronger. So press on. And if it's minute by minute, let it be minute by minute. But just make it through those minutes. Make it through it's the minute. Worth it. It's worth it. That sounds good. So, Tanisha, you want to tell all the people out there on Radio Land how they can get this message? Yes. And as always, I'd like to encourage everyone to create positive connections. One way you can do that is to stay connected with us. We invite you to stay connected with us by visiting our website. You can go to rockdalesteppingup.com. If you go to the bottom of that web page, there is a little Stay Connected tab. If you click on that, it'll take you to a library of our monthly newsletters. And in each one of our newsletters, we have a video of Commissioner Doreen Williams. It's called The Commissioner's Corner. And that is Dr. Doreen Williams giving you a recap or just kind of telling you what we're doing here in Rockdale County with the Rockdale Stepping Up Initiative. We also have a champion of recovery, which is a person in recovery telling their story and we highlight them in a video. Then we also select a champion of change, which is a partner in the recovery community who is creating positive interventions, positive impact on the world around them. There's also several different recovery resources. There are apps in there. There's events and announcements, all types of things in there. So you all check the newsletter out. We also invite you to follow all of the Grit and Grace social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you want to keep hearing these messages, just like the one you've heard today, tune in to Category 10 ENT on the His Hop Network every Wednesday at 12 noon and Thursdays at 1 p.m. Also, if you cannot tune in at those times, we do have a podcast and we are listed on several different platforms, y'all. We are on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. So y'all keep coming back. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.